On today's show, the NBA All-Star rosters were announced. Did they get it right? And who has the best case for getting snubbed? And are we believing in the Knicks as legitimate contenders? All of that and much more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mades. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We'll get to some injury news facing Joel Embiid and Julius Randle in a minute. Plus, are we believing in the Knicks? But let's start with the all-star teams that were announced on Thursday night. In the East, we'll start here. The starters are Giannis, Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and then the reserves, we already knew those. The reserves, which is the part that was announced, Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bancaro, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle. It looks like we might get some injury replacements for Randle and Embiid, Mm. but before we get to the West, uh, Adam, did they get it right in the East? You know, I think the East was the harder conference for me. I thought that, well, yeah, because there was a drop-off, I thought, after a certain level, and Mm. then you start splitting hairs. I'm, this is not a popular opinion, but Jalen Brown, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, I just think the gap between those two guys is pretty negligible. And I think that Porzingis is more important or integral to what they are doing um, there in Boston. So I probably just give like a slight nudge there. I know Mm. people look at that as like talent. Who's the better talent? And we'll pick Jalen Brown. But that was my only sort of quibble here. Like I think everybody else on this list is more or less, um, you know, who would have been there. Scotty Barnes, I've seen some people say was a snub. But for me personally, I think the list is, is more or less okay. Yeah, if we're talking about who maybe was the biggest snub, I I think the most glaring omission, and I don't even know if I believe this, but the name that just feels like it should be there and isn't there is Trey Young, just based on what he's doing production-wise. But the book is kind of out on Trey Young, and when the coaches are voting on the reserves, Mm -hmm. as soon as Trey Young didn't get in as a starter, his chances at the All-Star game were shot. I don't think that coaches really... If Trey Young's not it, what he is defensively, I don't think coaches are buying into it. So, so here's in what's words, interesting about yeah. it: the numbers are unbelievable. Yeah, they're the 10 seed right now. They're at 20 and 27, and that's probably like if, it, if everything else is the same and they're an eight seed, maybe even a seven seed. Do you think he gets in? I think so. Maybe I don't know. I think the losing hurts, and I think the fact that coaches really respect Quinn Snyder and they're mm. they're in charge of voting the reserves in. And they look at like, okay, well, Quinn Snyder's obviously not the problem. And I don't even know if I believe that. I just think that the coaches probably think that. Okay. And say, all right, Quinn Snyder's not the problem. So what's the problem here? It must be Trey Young. He doesn't help defensively. Does he really make his teammates better or does he stat pad? I don't know. I think the coaches have an opinion on Trey Young. And I say that only because we're seeing it. That's it. That's the coach's opinion. They don't even think he's good enough to be an all-star in an Eastern Conference where I kind of agree with you. There's a little bit of a drop-off once you get to a certain point. That said... I think they got it exactly right. I have no problem with this. Jalen Brown versus Kristaps Porzingis. If you want to quibble with that, I'm good with that. We can even do the Derek White argument, even though I think that's a little bit of a Boston media mafia narrative, just like the Marcus Smart thing, getting defensive player of the year the other year. Like, 
Boston media is going to have their hero and they're going to push their hero. Congrats to Derek white. You're the hero of the, the season, but whatever, like that's fine. I just, I think they got it right in the East to me. I thought the West was much tougher. Wes, this is like going after the Illuminati, man. I'm worried about you. Like, you know, <laughs> so into hiding. You, you are you are not suicidal, right? Just to make in case yep, something correct. happens after no. going after. The I'm Boston. very happy. Bam Adebayo got in. I'm good. Okay, well, you just insulted the Boston uh, media mafia. I'm a little concerned. No, the only reason I bring that up is the 10 seed. I think it's easy to look at it at any team in the 10 seed and so and say, yeah, but winning matters and that record and that and specifically that position. And I bring it up because when we go to the West. That's where it gets interesting. Let's do it. So we already know the starters, but as a refresher, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, uh, and uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Mm -hmm. uh, and the reserves that were announced Thursday night, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. Adam, same question. Did they get it right? I don't think so. And let me start by saying... I think this was made difficult by LeBron being a starter. Not that I mean, look, LeBron James, you're not going to sit here and argue about LeBron, whether or not he deserves to be in the all-star game. But it does make it difficult when we do the standings talk and we look down and say, okay, they're the nine seed and now they have two guys in. Even if you think that's fair, it does mean that there's only 10 spots for every other team in the NBA. So I hate the fact that there's nobody from the Kings that is represented here and there are two Lakers who are below them in the standings. Just on principle, I don't like that. I think winning has to matter, and I think there is something weird and strange about, oh, by the way, the Lakers won tonight without their two All-Stars, so a team that wins without their two All-Stars yet is sending two to the All-Star game, even though they're the ninth seed. I think that's a little bit strange. And then this one is going to be an unpopular opinion, but who's the number one seed in the Western Conference, West? Right now? I don't know. Is it the Timberwolves Timberwolves? now? And are they there because they are the great offense or they're a great defense? They're there because they're a great defense. So they have two offensive players who, by the way, have been with that team in years past, and they have not been the number one team in the West. They have Rudy Gobert there now, who is, you know, they're the number one defense. He's their number one defensive player. He anchors them, and he's there. And I just, I get why it's an all-star game. Nobody wants to see Rudy Gobert. I'm not caping for him to be in the all-star game. But I'm saying if we're talking about who deserves it, I just, and it's funny because I saw a lot of Timberwolves fans really cape for Carl Anthony Towns to get the nod over Gobert. But if I'm looking at this, I go, that team, Gobert, Anthony Edwards, that's why they win. Gobert's defense, Anthony Edwards' ability to bring them home. I'm 100% with you. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is having a great year, and that's fine. He should not be in the All-Star game versus, he's All-Star caliber. He should be in consideration. Yeah, totally. He is on the short list. And I, yeah. I don't mean this as a slight the cat. but At all. Right. But the fact like Deer and Fox or Demonis Sabonis, in my right. opinion, should be in over Cat. Cat's sort of the bubble guy here. He's the last one in. You can't really dispute Paul George or Kyle Leonard. They've been awesome. The weird thing also about LeBron going back to that point, and it's a great one, is that Anthony Davis has been better. Better. He's been better this, this year. So if you're only gonna have one Laker on there, right? You can't really take Anthony Davis off, and you can't not have an all-star game with LeBron James with right. not in it. It's, well, I mean, you could possible. No, you could. And then well, we I never mean, have. So unless, like, <laughs> listen, my takes on this are going to be very controversial, but I just yeah. think that we are in an era of transition right now yeah. and we're always behind And Look, I don't care about the all-star game. I'm going on vacation. I'm not even going to be here right. for the all-star game. So I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a thing that actually bothers me, but, if, but for the purpose of debate, when we're talking about best players, Trey Young was the 10 seed, you said, right? Putting up some great numbers, mm-hmm. but it hasn't correlated team success. Golden State Warriors currently are the 12 seed. 
almost the same exact record, and we have Steph Curry here. Now, I'm not going to sit here and beg for Steph Curry not to be on the All-Star game again, but I do think there is something to it. sucks. It sucks yeah. that the Sacramento Kings get nobody and that somehow Steph Curry gets in there. The Lakers get two guys. The weird just, thing is that the fans like want to see LeBron. The fans voted LeBron in, and he's the captain. He got the most votes. The, like, most the fans votes, yeah. really wanted LeBron in there. And so at some point, you have to recognize the All-Star games for the fans. Give him LeBron. They wanted LeBron, yeah. obviously. Give him LeBron. But it, it might be a little unfair. He's like, sorry, AD. You're out, buddy. Like I just wonder if this I is don't how know. we go now. Like, do is it because I, I think about this a lot? Like the highest rated game of the year was the Warriors versus the Lakers. And I sit here going, like, is is are we in a cycle now where it's so hard the incumbent will always just be the most popular and it's you never until they retire, well, you can't get rid of that them. That was why the like that weird year where we had Dwayne Wade and Dirk in there as sort of honorary all-stars. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That might be a good move. Like we kind of get make one an honorary. Like, yeah. If you're 35 or older, like we have one slot. Like the like the vet, what's that PGA tour, the senior tour? Yeah, you get like the one senior the one spot, guy, yeah, the, the all star. Maybe that's what we do. Not the worst idea. Um, not if, the not the worst idea because I do think that it hurts the like the NBA has a hard time selling its next generation for some reason correct. because yeah. there's like the other day the Timberwolves game, the Timberwolves Thunder game was a phenomenal game. They it's always phenomenal when those two match up and no, it's not on national television. It's not that I'm thinking. NBA sell now. Don't sell the past. Mm. Sell now. These guys. This is these. Well, we are... have. We do have Luca, SGA, yeah. Anthony Edwards. That's yeah. sort of like Devin Booker's kind of right on. It's the not a big there. deal, but it's, it's just not. a little behind. It's just well, a my thing is the Sacramento fans. I feel for them. I feel that's, for them. That's really rough because they're such a diehard fan base. I used to go to so many games there when I was living in California, and that 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 crowd is awesome. NBA love them, Darren Fox. Love them, but they're so they're diehard about their own team, but they're not widespread. They're not like big like the Warriors fan base or the Lakers fan base or the Celtics fan base or anything like that. They don't have I'd a media pissed. mafia behind them. But they should have gotten somebody in. That's 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 ridiculous. My, my only last take on this, Wes, is I saw a lot of people saying it's time. It's time. Open it up. 15 roster spots. No. No. No, thank you. It's don't 12. do this. Come on, guys. Leave it. We don't need to let Leave it alone. <laughs> what they should do is the injury replacements. If we're going back to East-West, that's fine, and, and that's what we're doing. Right. But the injury replacements ought to just be cross-conference. I don't understand why. Who's the number one injury case. replacement if you were cross-conference? Who's the number one guy? I It, it would be, to me, either De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis, and okay. I haven't thought hard enough to to pick one of them. I guess like my gut says Fox, Sabonis, but I would hear I, a Sabonis yeah. argument. Well, I think statistically it's Sabonis. I think like mm. advanced metrics it's Sabonis. For yes. me, I just feel like Fox is the heartbeat of that team. It's a little exactly. weird. It's, a little, it's tough. Basically what I was trying to say, but you said it better. Um, we've got some big injury news coming up. Plus, the Knicks. We're going to talk about the Knicks. That's Ooh. enough of a tease. It's coming up next here on Locked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl. To all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Look, football Sunday to me, look, I love the NBA. I cover the NBA. It's my job. I watch as many NBA games as possible every day of the week. But on Super Bowl Sunday, it's all about the big game. That's what I'm doing. I'm parking my seat on the couch. I'm grabbing some beers. I'm getting some snacks, and I'm placing some bets. And look. Right now, the Niners are one and a half point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't Is that know. your team? It's kind of a pick. Uh, no, I'm a Dolphins fan, unfortunately. Okay. But uh, I I don't like betting against Patrick Mahomes. And if you think <laughs> that the Chiefs smart. are going to win, then you might as well bet the Mahomes Super Bowl MVP That's odds. True. 
which are at plus 135 right now at FanDuel. And I think the, as money comes in, that those odds are going to get worse. You might as well get that you get your money in on that right now. Mahomes plus 135. You're getting good money on that. Those are good, good odds if you think the Chiefs are going to win this game. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two W's, maybe three W's. Not only can you bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you're a big Taylor Swift slash Travis Kelsey fan, you can literally bet on Travis Kelsey's receptions, and the odds kind of get better the more receptions you bet on. That's kind of fun. New customers join today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Before we get to the Knicks, let's talk about Joel Embiid, the latest with his injury. He's going to be out for at least the weekend. Now, stay with me here because it gets a little weird, but he's going to be out for at least the weekend with okay. a left knee injury that he suffered yeah. uh, this week in Golden State. He's already missed 12 games this season, so that means he's going to have uh, missed a minimum of 14 games uh, between tonight's game against Utah and then their game over the weekend. So he can only miss 17 all season and remain eligible for the awards because of that 65 game minimum. This has been a big topic across the NBA world, whether or not the 65 game minimum is unfair or if it's fair or all these unintended consequences, et cetera. Where do you stand on all this, Adam? And what do you think about this Joel Embiid injury news? Because it was a meniscus tear. Now it's not. Now maybe he's going to be back after the weekend or maybe not. It's very, very blurry. Very blurry. I mean, the whole situation has been blurry from when the injury happened to the follow-up game to Denver where he's not on the injury report, then all of a sudden he's out at the last second, to then he's out a couple games and he comes back. They say it's because of pressure, then he gets fallen. So did this injury, was it, did it happen in the Pacers game? Is that when it happened? Did it happen in... Uh, you know, what, when he tried to come back against the Warriors at some point throughout the game when he was pushing himself, when he clearly looked like he was hurt, did it happen when Kaminga fell on him? Like, all of this is shrouded in mystery, and then we get the report that, hey, he has a torn meniscus, and then Shams, not minutes later, hours later, hours later, comes in and says, actually, to clarify, team is not confirmed a tear. He just will re remain out through the weekend. So all, all right. of this is so bizarre. I feel for Joel Embiid. What's the MRI for? Was that the worst MRI ever? Well, so I heard, like, you know, it's, it's a tear. It's not a tear. That's the point of the MRI. So here's the thing is he has had a lot of knee issues yes. and, you know, just kind of, I've seen some different, you know, you know, the Twitter doctors, not, not, I'm saying people who are pretending to be doctors, actual doctors who do this on, on Twitter, on right. Twitter, you know, talking about how sometimes when there's lots of damage, it can be difficult to read and say, is it like, where's the new damage you get, a, you mm. get some imaging and you need to get new imaging and second opinions and different things. So maybe it's this, maybe it's that. That it's like, yeah, we don't know if this is like something new that just happened or if this is sort of what it looks like with all the damage. So that's why I think it's all shrouded in mystery. But it does suck for Joel Embiid. Um, well, you one know, more thing on the injury, though. Is. This is a left knee injury. The apparent injury that he sat out that Denver game with, 
that was a right knee injury. It was? I'm pretty sure. And so, <laughs> I, or at least it was listed as a right knee injury. And there's a whole like investigation on the listing of the injury and all that stuff. So who knows what's really happening here? Um, so all of this is, is very strange, but this, according to some of the reporting around it, and I can't remember who had it. I'm sorry, but I think it was the athletic. It wasn't shams. Maybe it was, I don't know, but, uh, that he had been dealing with this injury of some kind with the, with lower body injuries for basically all season long, that this has sort of just been an issue. And now of course, you know, Philadelphia sources, wherever these sources are coming from, are probably going to say something like that in the midst of all this stuff. But it's very, very blurry to go back to the whole point. We don't, in other words, this is what we know, and we don't know anything, essentially. And nobody knows anything, apparently. The, so the MVP piece of this to me yes. has always been some something uninteresting. I always thought that he was going to be below, you know, after he missed the initial bunch of games. I just thought there, he's going to miss more. We're not even halfway through the season. He's already missed half the games. The back half more likely to miss even more games. So this part of it was always, I thought people were making a deal of something where it's like, come on, he's not going to play 65 games. And that's not a knock on him. It's just like you look at the the progression. Mm-hmm. So that part never mattered to me. The part that mattered to me was I think this is the best team of the process era. I think that Tyrese Maxey, yep. who as we speak has 30 points heading into halftime on 10 of 14 shooting. I think that he is a worthy running mate for Joel Embiid in ways that not even James Harden have necessarily been that. Now, curiously enough, I actually think that as Embiid's season took off and he was getting better and better, I actually think that Maxi took a more and more reduced role in a way that was not healthy for the team. And now we see tonight 30 points. I mean, he might go for 50, 32 now at the half. Might go for 30, you know, might go for 50, might go for 60 tonight. I do think the ultimate best thing for them is to blend and there be a little bit more of an equal share. And maybe this leads to it. If we try to give like a positive spin, we just try to be optimistic. It is possible that Embiid is out for a month. He comes back to a Tyrese Maxey who has demonstrated just how capable he is of also being a star, not a second fiddle, not a not a Robin to his Batman, but hey, I'm also Batman. I think there's something there that, hey, that's how you're going to win. I've always thought you're going to win with a two-man game and with two players, not with just one brilliant star. So maybe this can have a silver lining for Sixers fans. Uh, the good thing is, I guess, the timing of the injury, it's not in the playoffs. And that's sort of been Philadelphia's problem is that Joel Embiid gets hurt in the playoffs. Now, this doesn't mean that he won't get hurt in the playoffs. And if this is a lingering injury, then maybe this is just something that's going to crop up right. later also. But in terms of the MVP race, I'm with you. I don't find the, the the debate terribly interesting. The whole, now it's like, are we debating whether or not we should have put the 65-game limit in? And is it hurting somebody like Joel Embiid? That's the part that I think is just sort of, we we're kind of missing the we're losing the I plot and all we're of losing that. The plot for it, sure. it, no, but if you don't play sixty five games, whether or not there's a rule there or not, you're not going to win MVP. Only and one by the player way, has ever risk... not made seventy. Only it, one player since we went to eighty two games right. has ever never gotten has not made seventy games and won MVP. That was Bill Walton. That's it. If you right. don't meet if you don't meet sixty five games, it's just not going to happen for you. And I've also heard the argument that well, if they didn't have this limit, then Joel Embiid wouldn't have felt forced Hate to play one. against Golden Hate State. That one. I hate that one. Don't play. Right. Nobody's forcing you to play. Right. Don't read the don't read the 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 blogs and the, the things and the tweets. Just don't play. We're not in right. charge of that. That that part is one of the arguments that I just I can't accept. Like, yeah. like there are some certain sacrifices that people have to make in their careers and in and in this or that. And so this idea of like, well, it's not fair because he wanted this or then he felt pressure. 
players and athletes feel a lot of pressure. Guys feel cool. pressure to score a lot of points. They first course, and sometimes the right thing for the team is to take reduced roles and this or that. So for me, that's a dynamic that exists for athletes. And a player like Joel Embiid knows what it means to take care of his body. This guy missed the first two right. seasons of his career because he was trying to take care of his body. He gets it. If they're right. if we're prioritizing, I think his body is at the top. He already won an MVP. He just got it. So it's probably less of a priority for him now. So I don't buy it. I think it was just a it was a bad accident in Golden State. Even before he got hurt again, uh, when Kaminga stepped on him or whatever, in the, it, four minutes left in the fourth quarter, he he took a bad fall earlier in that game too, and he still stayed in the game. Right. He still tried to stay in that game, and he well, did. you recall so, that was the same case in the Pacers game where he injured it immediately. Yeah, he was exactly. back in the game afterwards to you know. So who knows? Who knows what's going on here? I think we all have to kind of wait and see how this breaks, and hopefully with this latest Shams report. It has me hopeful that maybe it's not, you know, mm. that maybe there's like a there's some chance for it not to be as bad as it sounds. Who's the MVP favorite if we take Embiid out of the mix? That quick, <sighs> Shea Gildas Alexander. Yep, that's. I, th- I think that you can make a case yep. for Jokic. I think the guys that have a, have a chance would be Shea Gildas Alexander, Jokic, and uh, Luka Doncic. That would be your favorites, in my opinion, at the moment. Giannis I could throw Giannis. Giannis could sneak in there. Yeah, but Shea and and look, Luka right now is on an absolute tear. So. There's a chance. I think the standings are going to matter there, and we'll see how they finish. If you think Luca's going to make a run, not to do the FanDuel ad read again, but now would be the time to get in your money on 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 Luca because the odds are pretty good compared to the other. Because I think Shea's moved up to second favorite on FanDuel. In terms I mean, of the, there's the, the you're right because they're the eight seed and they are way behind. You have to you look at the top four. So you you have to predict a Dallas run, Oof. but like the odds. Yeah, are, you're right. The odds are. Like if you're just trying to get good odds, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna say Shay. Take take Shay. Yoke take doesn't Shea. want it. Take the safe yeah. bet. Take Yoke the safe bet. Yoke does not money. want it, so yeah. he will throw that one. You're you're you play crap sixes and eights. Back up your bet. That's it. You're not. You're not. Actually, you know what? I know the the real dark horse, Jalen Brunson. Who I'm not even kidding. Ooh. I think actually deserves MVP consideration. When you use the word valuable, I know we always debate mm. what that means. Very few, if any, players are more valuable to what their team does than Jalen Brunson. Well, we're going to talk about that uh, and the whole Julius Randle thing because with Randle out for two to three weeks, he could be even more important to that Knicks team that is rolling right now. We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of betting against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Usually in this read, I talk about LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Well, how about this? Super Bowl Sunday, Heat versus Celtics at 2 o'clock. The Super Bowl is at 6 o'clock Eastern time. You could still put Travis Kelsey in that combo bet, but why not throw Jimmy Butler in there, who's on a roll right now on his points? Do a little combo of Jimmy Butler and Travis Kelsey. You're going to have yourself a nice little day. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from the some of the biggest names in the prize picks communities each week prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second half that player is rebooted prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance 
policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, get started. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Let's go to New York where the Knicks beat the Pacers 109 to 105. The Knicks were without Julius Randle, who dislocated his right shoulder and will be reevaluated in two to three weeks. But the Knicks have won nine straight. Despite that, they are half a game out of second place in the East. I think after tonight, they'll be tied for the third best net rating in the league. Adam, are you believing in the Knicks? With all of my heart, I love this Knicks team. They are right there. The best story in the NBA right now is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The second best story in the NBA might be Jalen Brunson's Knicks. They are unbelievable. They're tough. They they, they are a team that befitting the city for which Mm. they play because they're easy to root for. I love Hartenstein. I thought he's been a diamond in the rough since he left Denver, yep. you know, several years ago and Denver did not utilize him. I thought that he was a perfect guy to be the understudy of Nikola Jokic. He loved Jokic. I think he learned a lot. You look at his stat line tonight. He did rebounds, he did assists, he did everything. Um you know, yes they lost Julius Randle, but they just have some tough players. Josh Hart's a winner. DiVincenzo I think is a winner. They have guys that are winners on there, but of course Jalen Brunson is that guy. He is so freaking tough, so smart, so clutch, and a great leader just in that that entire team seems to have his back. And tonight, Wes, I know I'm going long here, but tonight he gets poked in the eye in the clutch. They go down one. He comes right out of the timeout and gives a big and one bucket and then gets the crowd going. It was one of those ones where it's like certain guys have the ability to be like, no, this is the moment and I'm stepping up for it. He just seems to have that. I love when how uh, it has oops, reached this point now, where you're on the garden floor, you're oh, an wow. MVP chance, and you're going to the All Star game. I mean, I got, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. That's great. That's great. Whew. He's even, pure emotion, no emotion, man. Just emotion, man. He can't even do the interview, and he's great at doing those interviews. Um, I love Jalen Brunson. I love what he means to that city. I love how he's just adopted it. I love how they cheer for him. You don't see people at Madison Square Garden hanging out after that game's over. And they hung out for that guy. He put up 40 tonight against the Pacers. Bigger picture with the Knicks. I love when teams know what they are and who they are. The Knicks are going to defend well. They're going to control the pace. They're going to dominate the boards. They're just going to do those things. Yeah. And when those any of those things fail, and even when they don't fail, they have a star in Jalen Brunson who's just going to make things happen. Yeah. He had 40 tonight in a tough yeah. matchup against the Pacers. Um, that's That team is legit. I don't know if I'm ready to put them up there with, like, the Bucks and the, the Celtics and the Sixers in the Eastern Conference. But, man, that team just – they keep winning games, and nobody's going to want to play them in the playoffs. They're going to be physical. Yeah. They're going to have their games. They're going to dominate the way that they dominate. Uh, and matchup wise, they do have some advantages over some of those teams that I had just mentioned. I, I don't know. I just, it, it wouldn't like a, a conference finals run would not shock me with this team, depending on how sort of the, the bracket falls, you know? I mean, look at it. the Cavs have been without some of their stars for a while. They're in the four seed right now. The Knicks are going to mm-hmm. be without their star 
without Julius Randle for a while, and the 76ers are going to be without their star and Embiid for a while, it seems. That's the three, four, and five seed that are all going to have to or have had to overcome a stretch without one of their top players. I love it. And when you say I don't, you're not ready to put them in that category, they're already ahead of the 76ers. <laughs> in the they're already in, ahead. Endings, so, yeah. Like in your mind, you're putting them on the road against those. But it's possible that they're just the mm. higher seed. Yeah. Why not? It's, they're a game behind Milwaukee for the two seed. The OG and an OB trade transformed that team. It it yep. kind of it put the pecking order in place, which I think is an underrated thing when we talk about trades. Like they were always trying yeah. to kind of get RJ Barrett going. They don't have to deal with that anymore. Quickly right. was ready to take a bigger leap. Congrats. But you already had your backcourt guy. You had Jalen yeah. Brunson. So Great point. um since OG Ananobi played his first game with the Knicks on January 1st, this is a stat from uh, Zach Cram from the Ringer. Uh, the, the Knicks rank first in record, 14 and 12, first in net rating. They're a plus 15.8, which is insane. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> and first in defensive rating at 104.4. And they were pretty good defensively even before that. So, believable, man. This team's awesome. Um, all right. Let's move I'm on. buying them, though. Not ironically, not like riding a wave. I'm buying them. I just I'm buy buying. toughness. I don't know if I think they go all the way. You know, we'll see their warts eventually, but I buy the fact that you are not going to out-tough the Knicks. You might get this beat. This is the best Knicks team since that one, like, 54-win year with Carmelo, 2012. It may be more suited for the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know the if they're better or worse than that team, but this is, like, the best Knicks team in a decade yeah. plus. I mean, right. this team's awesome. It's Friday, which means it's time to count down to the weekend with our weekly power rankings. I'm an assistant player. I am a system player. There it is. This week, we're counting down the top five players who have not made an all-star game in their career. A couple of honorable mentions before we get into them. Okay. Mikal Bridges. All right. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I was <laughs> I don't it's not been a snub, but you know, this is yeah. honorable mention. Okay. All right, he's pretty good. Weirdly, Victor Webinyama. <laughs> you know what? I'll allow it. I think yeah. you're right. I think yeah. you're right. If we're being like literally how this works, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I just going to throw in Kyle Kuzma. Again, I don't okay. think he's like a snub, but he's been you kind of go through the list and Yeah, this list might not mention. be the greatest play. This is the funny part about the list. Is <laughs> it's sort of foreshadowing you who's in front of them. it to be who's going to be great. You're like, right, "Oh, right. Kyle Kuzma." No, no, we got some good. We got some good ones. Are you ready? All right. All right so number 5, we're counting down from 5 to 1. Okay. Number 5. So you're the ready? number one snub in the NBA. Okay, yep. Well, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Who has never fifth, been? Yeah, never the, made the it. Yeah. Snub right now. Tyler Hero. I think. Okay. I put him above Bridges and Kuzma, and just yeah, Wemby's a rookie. Sorry, buddy. But uh, Tyler Hero <laughs> is a twenty-plus point per game scorer, a former sixth man of the year who has since been promoted to the starting lineup. He's yeah. a very good player. Again, I don't know that he's a hard snub. I don't feel for yeah. him, but he's yeah. fifth on the list. I think he belongs on this list for sure. Yeah. Uh, number four, Desmond Bain. The Grizzlies yeah. just don't get all-stars unless they're John Morant. Mike Conley never made the all-star team. Desmond, Bain's, right. Desmond Bain's never making the all-star team. It's never going to happen for him. Unless he go, unless he turns into a 30-point-per-game score, it's probably not going to happen in the Western Conference. Maybe Tough. if he gets traded to the Eastern Conference, right. maybe something can break there. But even then, like there's so that's, many good that's, guards. That's Jalen Brunson's conference, man. Come on. Right, that's true. That's true. It's never going to happen. Sorry, Desmond Bain. You really you deserve it. You really do. You're a great player. Uh, two ways. Has yeah. I don't know if he off, deserves off it. I think he deserves, deserves it. List. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you deserved it, you'd, 
you'd have yeah. been on it. So whatever. But he's good. Number three, Alperin Sangoon. Oh, Sangoon. He'll be there eventually. Baby Joker. He'll, He'll get there eventually. Yeah. I'm actually surprised he wasn't really talked about more, but they Houston's record kind of took a slide and, and that was kind of that was it for him. Yeah. Number two. Chet Holmgren. Wow. At this far ahead of Victor Wembanyama, despite being basically in the same category. I was wondering. The difference is his team might be the best team in the Western Conference, Man. and Wemby's team might be the worst team in the Western Conference. I don't know if you got the biggest snub on the Thunder, if we're being honest with you. You remember our guys, Jalen Williams. Oh, my God. You're right. Jalen Williams <laughs> might be, uh, you know, I think I'd have him above some of these guys. All right. We're moving it. <laughs> Jalen Williams, Tyler Hero has been bumped to honorable mentions. Jalen Williams is above Desmond Bain, but below Alperin Sengun. Okay, I'm just a Sengun guy. I'm also a Jalen Williams guy. I don't know. Yeah, this is it's tough. all it's all right there. But number one, without a doubt, it's Jamal Murray. <laughs> He's guess what? He's staying on this list for his entire career. He's going to go down. I thought this was the year he was going to go crazy, yeah. and in a year of crazy scoring, he's averaging 20 points, 21 now. 20 and he missed points. what? 14 games already. He didn't miss that. I, I mean, yeah, he might have missed. He missed a handful. I think he could still be eligible if it weren't, you know, if he was averaging 27. 20. No, but like I mean, when you're starting to split hairs. Yeah. But I'm saying this... he's averaging 21 points. That's like if you yeah. just talk about all the guys, oh, you yeah. know, that you just go through, it's 24, 25, 26, 20, you know, 21. Yeah. Darren Fox didn't make it. He's ninth in scoring in the NBA. Right. And he so, didn't make it. I just think that Jamal Murray is going to be that guy that does this and then goes to the playoffs and becomes Michael Jordan. <laughs> the new Mike Conley, except for the, you know, the playoff. There you go. Delivering part of it. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We'll